Ah, what a beautiful name it is for sure. We're about to jump into our message. I hope you enjoyed that worship. I hope you're ready for um, what God's going to speak to you through his word. We're jumping into the next message in our series, All the Feels, learning how to feel through times like these. I hope this has just been a meaningful series to you. I'd love to hear if one of these talks has been really meaningful to you. We're jumping into one right about now. Would you just join me in prayer and we'll get started. Dear God, we, we love you. We're gathered here online to hear from you. We don't need to hear from me. We don't need to hear from some opinion or anything else. We just need to hear from you. So even in the midst of all the distractions we have in our lives and during our week, maybe even the distraction we have right now, would you just speak to us through your word? We know that it's useful and good and right and true, and we need it. We need you to show us which way to go and how to live and what we should be feeling and what to do with our feelings when we have them. And as we jump into this message, just minister to us in Jesus' name, amen. In this message, we're jumping into a passage in Numbers chapter 11, and I actually want to I want to do something that I don't always do. I want to start reading you this. It's part of a prayer from Moses. Maybe you've heard of Moses. Moses plays a really important role in Scripture. And in this passage, he's kind of had it. You'll get to that part of the story in a moment. But I want to just read this passage, a couple of verses, and just pay attention to these words. It's in Numbers chapter 11. And I'm just going to start with this part where he prays in, ver, ver, prays in verse 11. It says this, he asked the Lord, Why have you brought this trouble on your servant? What have I done to displease you? That's a start of a prayer, huh? Like that's a, come on. What have I done to displease you that you put the burden of all these people on me. Now, if you don't remember, Moses is leading the entire nation of Israel out of captivity to freedom, out of slavery to the promised land. This is how he's praying in chapter 11 of Numbers. Did I conceive all these people? The sarcasm, right? Like, did I give them birth? Why do you tell me to carry them in my arms as a nurse carries an infant to the land you promised on oath to their ancestors? Where can I get meat for all these people? And then check this, check this part out. They keep wailing to me, give us meat to eat. I cannot carry all these people by myself. The burden is too heavy for me. Mm, that verse right there. I cannot carry all these people. Fill in the blank. All these, I cannot carry all of these things. I cannot carry all of these priorities. I cannot carry all of these tasks. I cannot, I mean, because you've probably prayed something like that before. I cannot carry all these people by myself. The burden is too heavy for me. And then listen, 
if this is how you're going to treat me, please go ahead and kill me if I have found favor in your eyes and do not let me face my own ruin. I mean, come on there. Like Moses here is praying a prayer. Oh, you thought it was just you. <laughs> you thought it was just you feeling all alone with these thoughts running in the back of your head, these, these terrified thoughts, these painful thoughts, these heavy thoughts. You thought it was only you that thought, I couldn't make it anymore. I don't know if I can do it. I don't know. Maybe I should just call it quits. Like, I can't keep carrying on. I've had some days like that recently. Have you? Have you been feeling that kind of prayer that Moses prays? It's, it's one of those moments, though, for Moses, where it seems like it's one thing, but it's really something else going on. You see, for Moses, it seems like he's done, like he's checked out and just frustrated and angry at the group of people who keep whining about not having any meat to eat, <laughs> kind of like the kids whining at the breakfast table when they run out of cocoa puffs, you know, like you just whine. It seems like frustration, but it's one of those moments where something else is going on underneath the surface. Have you ever had one of those moments? It looks like one thing, but it's really something else. It looks like you're angry at your spouse, but really you're feeling something else going on in your heart. Maybe really you're afraid of rejection or you're, you're afraid of being let down. Or You ever have one of those moments in life where it looks like one thing, but it's really something else? It looks like you're really frustrated and impatient with your kids maybe, but really you're just overwhelmed with all the stuff going on at work. It looks like you're, you're, you're being short with your boss and rude and sarcastic to your coworkers, but really it's just things are a mess at home and you're taking it out on people that, well... You guess it doesn't really matter to you how they think about you in the moment. It's one of those moments where there's something going on, but there was something else underneath the surface. And for Moses, what was really going on was caught in that verse that I can't do it by myself first. And what comes from finding the, the I can't do it by myself first is really Moses was feeling all alone in his struggle in the challenge that was going on in his life. He was feeling so alone. And that's the, that's the message today. It's called, I'm so lonely. And, and my guess is that loneliness, well, I know loneliness is one of those things where it usually looks like something else is going on, but the underlying thing is you're just feeling all alone. You're feeling all alone. You see, if you go back to the story in Moses, you can understand this truth that circumstances and the pressure they apply peel back the layers and they show you what's really going on in someone's heart. Your circumstances, the pandemic, for example, all the tension we see in the news, everything we hear about, the stress maybe that you're dealing with financially, the health concerns you have, your anxiety that you wrestle with about getting sick. You see, the pressure from those circumstances, it really shows you what's going on in the heart. And what we have to do is we have to learn how to read to the real issue that's going on with us. And for Moses, the real issue was 
He was feeling all alone in this huge task that he had to do. He was feeling all alone when it came to providing for these people who were never grateful, who, who it seemed like he never could please. He was feeling like it was all on his shoulders, that no one really got him, that no one was really there to help him. That's how Moses was feeling, lonely. Your circumstances, they apply pressure to your life that lets you see what's really going on in your heart. And my guess is that some of you have looked frustrated and angry and short-tempered. Some of you have been looking stressed and anxiety. And by the way, those are all effects that feeling lonely can have on your system. Physical effects. Some of you, it looks like you're just depressed and really underneath all of it is this I am so lonely. You see, the people in Numbers chapter 11, they had been eating because God had been providing them manna from heaven. That's pretty spectacular, isn't it? I mean, God showed up. They were hungry. They were on this journey through the wilderness to the promised land. It was taking a really long time, and God had provided them manna from heaven. They would go out and crush it, it said, and they would mash it up, and they would make it into, bake it into like this bread thing, and eventually they got sick of it. And so, it says that they, they began to crave other food in verse 4. And they started wailing and said, that's not funny. I don't know why I laughed right there. So just, I mean, maybe it's because the picture in my head, right, is like, you know, if you've ever been there with some children in your life, you ever been like around snack time with a bunch of crazy hungry kindergartners, you know, like you probably can understand the wailing that's going on. Like it, it seems like it's the end of the world, but no, you just can't have your fruit roll up right now. Like it's not, it's, a, it's not the end of the world, but you just can't eat breakfast, you know, ice cream for breakfast. I know it's, it feels like <laughs> the wailing and he says, if only we had meat to eat. Now that I can get, right? Like, we remember the fish we ate in Egypt. And they start flashing back. They start flashing back. I remember the fish we ate in Egypt at no cost. Also, the cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, and garlic. Listen, they're talking about when they were slaves, but the food was good. Like, they're talking about when they were being crushed and oppressed, but they had melons to eat. Like, it distorted reality. But now we have lost our appetite. We never see anything but manna. And, and then if you drop down at verse 10, it says, Moses, he hears all of the people of every family wailing at the entrance of their tents. <laughs> every family, all of the people. He's walking down through the tents and all he hears is people, everybody, not people. Everybody wailing at their tents. We want meat. We're sick of this manna junk. We want meat. Show me the meat. Where's the meat? There's got to be an Arby's commercial in there somewhere. Where's the beef, right? Wendy's, maybe that was. He hears them and he's overwhelmed with this mess. This, this angry crying out. Everybody's wailing because they're sick of the manna. And it's his circumstance peels back what's really going on. And he prays that prayer we started with. 
I just, if this is how this story is going to go, just take me now, Jesus, because I can't deal with it anymore. I'm all alone in this. I'm carrying this all by myself. I'm so lonely. You know, loneliness, it creeps up on us when we feel like no one understands our circumstances or no one understands us. If you're lonely right now, underneath all of the other frustration it's playing out to look like, underneath the anxiety it looks like, if you're lonely right now, my guess is that maybe you're wrestling with nobody understands what I'm going through. Maybe you're saying to yourself in your head, no one really understands me. See, those two things, they, they can trigger the feeling of loneliness. They can make you feel like something that isn't true is true. You're all alone in this. Sometimes we feel we step into loneliness because we end up there because it feels like no one really cares. No one cares about me. Maybe they understand me. Maybe they understand what I'm going through. They just don't care. How sad that right now, there's a whole lot of people watching this. There's a whole lot of people going through life right now. There's a whole lot of people at your workplace. There's a whole lot of people on your street that they're feeling so alone because no one has ever, because they feel like no one really gets them or what they're going through and no one really cares to do anything about it. That's why we're gonna keep this message going like we are for you and God is for you too and we intend to prove it because you're not alone. But anytime we end up feeling like we are physically isolated or maybe emotionally isolated because of rejection in a relationship, uh, maybe even spiritually isolated because it just feels like our prayers aren't being answered and we're not growing right now and, and everything feels heavy or difficult or it doesn't look like we're singing with the same enthusiasm that somebody else is singing with. Anytime that we are experiencing physical isolation or emotional isolation or, or spiritual isolation, we fall into this lonely place. These lonely places where it feels like you're all by yourself and nobody really cares. Listen, I just want to interrupt that inner dialogue and say, you're not alone. And we care. And God cares. You know, that's, that's why. I mean, that's, that's why it's so easy. Because you can feel alone physically, emotionally or spiritually, and it'll start to play on the other ones. Like, it feels like you're not growing with God. It'll start to make you feel emotionally alone. If you're emotionally alone because a relationship is blowing up, it can, it can isolate you in the other areas too. I mean, that's why when you're feeling lonely, it's so easy to be in a crowd of people, in, in a loud space, to be watching this, in a home full of people, to be, to be at a huge tailgate service and still feel so alone. That's why it's possible to be in a relationship that looks healthy to everybody else. The Instagram photos look spectacular. It looks like when you go out on dates, everything is great, but you still feel so alone because they don't really understand you or get you or feel like they don't really care. That's what that isolation kind of does to you when you're feeling so alone. And it's important to interrupt that inner dialogue that's going through your head. 
I'm so lonely. Nobody understands. Nobody gets me. I'm all by myself in the middle of this mess. It's so important to interrupt that and remind you. I'm going to remind you right now. God meets you in the lonely places. He promises, I will, I will be with you wherever you go. I'm with you. I go before you and I come after you. I hem you in on the sides, God says. There's not a place you can go where I'm not there. I'm with you in the lonely places. I do care. I see and I understand that you're not alone. You see, God meets you in the lonely spaces of your life and I don't know where those lonely spaces are, where you cry those tears. Maybe it's in the bathroom before you start your day. Maybe it's in your house. Maybe it's as you fall asleep next to somebody who you feel like doesn't even get you. Maybe it's at work as you walk through and you feel like nobody even sees you. I don't know where those lonely places are. But God meets you in the lonely places. He always has. He's always been there. If you just see him. See, it's a promise. In Psalm 34 and verse 18, it says this. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. If you're lonely right now, God is so close to you. And I know you crave maybe physical attention. Or connection. I know maybe if you're living physically isolated and that's why you're lonely, you're craving some physical contact, just somebody to give you a hug or a high five or fist bump or uh, whatever. I know that if you're physically feeling isolated, it's difficult because you want that. But what God has for you is better than that. Something more than that for you. Turn your attention to him. He's there with you in the lonely space. I know that if you're feeling emotionally isolated and that's why you're lonely, you just want somebody to listen to you, to look at you and to see you, to, to look you in the eyes and to know that they get you, they feel you, they cry with you, they, they, they understand your frustration, they carry the weight you're carrying. I know you want that, but if you just see that God's connection with your heart is so much greater than any person could give you that, that he will heal your broken heart. He is close to your broken heart. You'd see he's in that lonely space with you. If you're feeling spiritually isolated because it just hasn't been feeling like you're on fire, it just doesn't have the same flavor it always had. It just feels like every time you pray, nobody's listening, like God's distant. You need to know that your feelings don't define where God is. Just because you can't feel him doesn't mean he isn't there. Just because you can't see him doesn't mean he's not right beside you. Just because you can't hear him doesn't mean he's not working in your life to do something new. He's in your lonely space. He's always been there. He always will be there. And with him, you're never alone. Your circumstances, they're highlighting some stuff. And God is always there. He always has been. And it's because he's been there before you. Hebrews chapter 4 
flip there if you have your Bibles, if you're looking on a Bible app while you, while you watch this. It's a great little verse. It's a couple amazing verses. They're all great verses. Amazing verses that'll really, I mean, they're so powerful when you think about feeling so lonely. And it says this. It says, therefore, since we have a great high priest, it's talking about Jesus there, who's ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God. Way to go, Captain Obvious. I just told you that, and I forgot that it was going to tell you that in like three words. Let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. Now listen to this part. you got to let this part sink in. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weakness. Like he gets it. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as you are. Yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. He's always been there. He was there before you. And he provides. He always provides. God uniquely provides in the lonely spaces of life. He's been there. He understands it. He, he gets it. He was tempted in every way. He knows what loneliness tastes like, yet he didn't fail and he didn't sin. He knows what that human emotion feels like so that he can empathize with us, so he can say, I was there before you were. I've been in that lonely space. I get it, and I'm here for you. I understand the weight of what you're carrying. I understand the heaviness of what you're walking through. I understand that you want to give up, but don't. I didn't give up on you. He, he felt lonely when he went to the garden before he went to the cross, and he brought James and John and Peter. He left the disciples. He said, pray with me. And he took his three closest disciples further in the garden, said, my heart is overwhelmed with distress. Stay with me and pray. He understands loneliness as he wrestled with that in the garden. He understands loneliness as he went to the cross for you and I. And as it teaches us in Matthew 27, 46, he cried out to God as that perfect relationship with his father was broken as he took on our sin. Why have you my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I mean, he gets the sting of the lonely space. He beats you there, and he meets you there. And what you have to know right now, if you're wrestling with loneliness, and if you're not, you got somebody you love that probably is. What you need to know is that God uniquely provides in the lonely spaces of life. In that Numbers passage, he met with Moses and he said, yo, go get some of my servants. There's a bunch of them around and he instructed him who to get. I think it's in verse 17. I lost my page mark in that passage. So you're going to have to check it out. He goes into that and God, God, after that prayer, he says, go get these people. Go get these people and you're going to gather them together and I'm going to meet with you in this space. Let me, let me find it and read it. It's too good not to. There it is. That was a lucky page turn right there. It's, he says this, I will come down and speak with you there and I'll take some of the power of the spirit that is on you and put it on them 
and they will share the burden of the people with you so that you will not have to carry it alone. This was a unique moment where God met him in his loneliness and met his need in a unique way. He brought the people to the table that Moses needs. He'll bring the people to the table that you need. Maybe not in your time. They might not be the people you think. Maybe it's a bunch of people at church you haven't even met yet, but he will bring the people you need to the table and he will provide the power that is needed to go on. He meets us uniquely. Moses cries, I'm going to give up. And God says, I'm right here with you. Don't give up. I can't do it anymore. You don't have to do it anymore. I'm with you. You have me. I've never left. I've always been here. Maybe just ask for the help before you crash and burn because of the meat. (laughs) It's so important to understand God uniquely meets your needs in the lonely spaces if you just run to him. And the instruction is right there in that verse in Hebrews chapter 4. It says this. Because we have a high priest, right? Because Jesus has been tempted in every way and, and he didn't sin. It says this. Let us then approach, somebody circle that word, God's throne of grace with confidence, circle that word too, so that we may receive, there's the other one, mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Here's the game plan in three easy steps right there from that verse in Hebrews. Here it is. Don't shrink back, step number one, out of loneliness to experience what God has for you in your greatest time of need. Step one, out of loneliness isn't finding a new girl to date. Step one, out of loneliness is not finding a new companion. Step one, out of loneliness is not getting back to normal. Step one, out of loneliness is this. Don't shrink back from God. Have confidence that he loves you, and that you can approach him and push deeper into what he has for you. You can push with the kind of confidence Moses has, where he says, listen, I can't do it anymore. Why are you doing this to me? I don't get it. It's that kind of real relationship that exemplifies our faith. This isn't religion that we're practicing here. This is a relationship with God. Have confidence. He loves you so much, he sent his son for you. You can have confidence because Jesus, Scripture says, is at the right hand of God on your behalf, petitioning for you, advocating for you, have confidence. I know you don't feel confident because you're so alone. You think you are. Loneliness is just distorting your reality. Have confidence. No matter who you are or what you've done, God loves you. He's with you, even if you can't see it. And he's pulling the crew in to be with you too. And that's us. Have confidence and then approach him. Stop waiting. So many times when we struggle with loneliness, we're just waiting. We're waiting for somebody to come in and, and make a friend, be a friend to us. We're waiting for somebody to say, hey, what's your number? Can I text you? We're just, wait. we're just waiting for something to change in our home. Stop waiting and start approaching God. You got the confidence to approach God. The first step out of loneliness is not with other people. 
The first step to living a life that isn't lonely, it's not having people meet that need. The first, that's what we think. The first step out of loneliness is your relationship with God. Start approaching him with what you need. Approaching him with what you have. And then the third step, right, is receive and find the mercy and the grace that he has for you. It's about, it's, a, it's not about forcing feeling better. It's about taking your need to God and starting to develop a discipline of having him meet your needs no matter what you're going through. It's about, it's about continuing to go to him to find what your soul, what your heart, what your head needs the most. Practice priority in relationships and place God at the top and your heart will heal and you will find the grace you need to get through today. You'll find the presence of him in your lonely spaces. You'll find the mercy you need to go forward to the better stuff he has for you. Maybe you're feeling so lonely. I've been there. there. Everybody's been there. It's a taste that we have all had in life. Your first step out of loneliness. It's not some person. It's what God has for you. He's been there. He's in your lonely spaces. Could you commit this week to pushing deeper into your relationship with him? If you've never stepped into faith in your relationship, stepping into faith in him and seeing how he is in those spaces with you. And he has what you really need underneath all of the other stuff that's going on. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you so much for your love for us. Demonstrated on that cross. We thank you that Jesus, we never have to be alone. We're not, it's, it's a distorted reality. We're not alone. You're with us in the lonely spaces. And you uniquely provide for us. There's some people dealing with some physical loneliness right now because of this pandemic. Would you show them today that you can uniquely provide for them even though they're physically isolated? Help them know your sweet presence. Some people live in an emotional isolation, maybe even in relationships that have seemed to die on them. Would you help them know today that they aren't alone, that you can heal their broken heart, that you are close to the brokenhearted? Some people dealing with some spiritual isolation, would you remind them that just because they can't see you or hear you or feel you doesn't mean that you have left or abandoned them. You are right there with them walking through the valley. You are in the lonely spaces. Thank you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen.